0: does a successful woman over 40 find her soulmate in six months or less? Because you know that clock is ticking. Tick tock. What is up, sapiosexuals? Thank you for turning on Sex in South Beach with your girl, Dr. Sanjaya, America's Sex Educator. And the sex situation we're breaking down today is how does a super successful woman over 40 years old find her ultimate soulmate, her passionate love? How does she find the right partner to build the next phase of her lit life with? And to help us untangle this very tricky situation, because this is not easy, I am so excited to have Carissa Montooth. She's an internationally renowned love coach, relationship expert, author, and healer. And she really focuses on how to help successful female entrepreneurs, especially those over 40, find their ultimate soulmate. I'm so excited to have you here, Carissa. Thank you for making time. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. So how did you get into this specializing in helping successful women find their ultimate soulmate because this is a serious issue. So many of my girlfriends reach out to me, my colleagues, all these beautiful, successful doctors, lawyers. They're like, where do I find a guy? And I remind them, look, When you find them, I'll teach you how to have some good sex with them. But, you know, (laughs) (laughs) which is very important. Important, Yes. But um, tell us, how did you get into helping women, you know, fill this gap? It's a really big gap. Yeah. Well, initially, um, you know,
1: my family, I come from a long line of healers. So I'm a sixth generation healer. And as I was growing up, you know, I was obviously like looking at the things my family was doing. The women in my family, very spiritually awake and aware women and thinking this is just normal and cool, you know, Um, but also thinking like, I want to be able to do, it also seemed a little too, like what we might say is woo woo now, (laughs) like it was kind of weird what they were doing. And I was like, okay, I want to help people, but in a way that feels really legit. So I got my degree in psychology. I got my degree in counseling. I did those things and kind of went that route, but as I was teaching classes in a college setting, I had women that were coming up to me because I was teaching about values and how that related to jobs, but they were coming up to me and saying, I think I'm this particular personality type and I think my partner might be this personality type. How do we have this conversation about moving our relationship forward or you know, those kinds of things? So I realized, okay, there are women who need me to help them in a different setting. It's not a, It's not an academic setting, it's a relationship setting. And then as I went into that really full steam, I I was attracting two different groups of clients, like two very distinct groups of clients. So one were women who had gotten married very early, been married for maybe 20 years, you know got divorced now their kids are in college or whatever and, and they're like it's finally time for me to focus on me and I want to get back out there but the whole dating landscape has changed so much I don't recognize it So it was there was that group of women. then there was another group of women who were like, successful in every area of life but love. And they were like they were well educated, they were making the money that they wanted to make, they were in excellent you know like they took care of their bodies, like they they were going on vacations, they were I mean they were just this amazing group of women and they were always kind of going, do I work with a matchmaker? Do I do this? Do I do that? What do I do? And Those were the women who initially were the biggest challenge for me to work with, but it actually ended up being a deeply fulfilling thing. Wow! Because what I realized was there was one piece of the puzzle, essentially, that they were missing. And once they got that, everything clicked into place for them.
0: Wow. So I love that. So you have this really, it's almost like you're a genetic healer. You're a healer almost by ancestry, right? You were, you know, you're a sixth generation healer and you were raised in that tradition. And then you went and complemented that with all of these academic degrees that gave you (laughs) formal expertise. And now you bring the academic power into it and your healing powers. And you help women who are basically found success in every area of their life except except for love, for love. wow yeah. and there's so and, many well
1: and it's so it, uh, it's such a, a uniquely frustrating situation that those women find themselves in because it's like we know how to hustle right we know how to hustle to get what we want we know how to work hard to get what we want but the thing about love is that you can't you don't make love happen you make love welcome
0: Wow.
1: So the weird thing about love is like, it's not that same hustle energy. So the hustle energy that helps us get in the kind of shape that we want to be in, that helps us have the career that we want to have, that helps us like get our money together, that helps us in every other area of our lives be successful. It does not actually help us in love. It actually works against us in love because there's an energy in love that is more about uh, being receptive Absolutely. And it's hard for us to get into that because we're like, I'm gonna do like I'm gonna do this. Like, Absolutely. what do I do? <laughs> yeah. What are the,
0: yeah. are the steps? That's my goal. Yeah, exactly. So what are you talking about? Right. And you're like, and you're like, yes, that works for you to get a degree. That works for you to get into a career. That works for you to buy a house. That works for you. Absolutely. Know, to get on a new workout regimen. That works for you in a lot of different ways. But in the area of love, simply setting a goal and then taking these concrete steps to achieve that goal, that's where we're you're seeing that it backfires and we have to have it a new work. strategy. Yeah, and
1: that's why that's why we end up going into dates and treating them like job interviews. Like there are two different things that I see because we know that our time is very precious because we're right. doing really important big things with it. And we don't want to waste our time. We don't want to waste our energy. And when we get to our 40s, we're like, yeah, I I I don't I have specific things that I know I'm I'm doing with my time and energy and it's important. Absolutely. And we also know that in the past I've invested in areas Of my life, like I've I've been in relationships where it was like, why did I waste so much time in that relationship, or why did I give so much of myself to that relationship? And we knew that it took a long time to recover from that thing. And so we kind of come into dating with this attitude of like, um, I call it dumping our purse on the table, (laughs) which is like we go in and we kind of just go, I don't want to play any games, and so here's all the things that I'm looking for, and I don't want to waste time. (laughs)
0: I have two kids. I need a house over here, a vacation condo over here. In four years, we're going to go to Italy. Um, Exactly. So it's funny that you bring this up because I wanted to ask you about dating apps, and I am always on the fence about how to advise people on how to use dating apps successfully. Because if you're a goal-oriented person, like so many successful women are. Mm-hmm. You're, it does make sense. And I I can think of at least five women, I can count them off who do treat dating. She's like, no, I'm single now. I'm going to go on three to five dates a week. Mm-hmm. And then in six months, I will narrow down the top five because she's got a system just like you would do every yeah. other goal. Like <laughs> yeah. I'm going to find the right neighborhood to live in. I'm going to go eat lunch there. Three So Um, so she goes on three to five dates a week and she has given herself six months to narrow down the top five. And the thing that I feel about dating apps, and I don't have any data to support it though, is that there's a chemistry between people that, and it's maybe the way someone walks, the way someone smells, the way someone looks at you that Mm -hmm. cannot be calculated Within an app. That is, I call it like it's the X factor. You know, we yeah. might want, you know, we might have the same types of values. We might want the same type of lifestyle. But when I mm-hmm. finally meet you in person and you lean over, your smell doesn't want me to draw you closer. I don't want to give you a tighter hug. Yeah. And so I can see how when you're saying our goal oriented approach, you're saying that this doesn't work. And I can see how dating apps can kind of set people up for failure if they're using that as their go-to to find their soulmate. So yeah. what's your perspective on dating apps for successful women?
1: Yeah, well, my, my whole thing is that it's really important to remember that people were meeting and falling in love and getting married way before dating apps ever existed right? That, that's been happening for a long time. So dating apps are really at best, they're just like an option. you know. Right. Uh, most of the women that I work with don't actually end up going on the dating apps because that's where the, the healing component comes into it. You're bringing your energy into every situation, right? So whether it's online or whether it's in person, we're bringing our own energy into that situation. So whatever beliefs we have about what we're going to encounter when we get there, that's what we're going to encounter when we get there. Do you right. know what I mean? So I a lot of people right. go onto dating apps and they're like, I, there's, I'm going to have to swipe through a whole bunch of weirdos. This is going to be like looking through a, you know, I always call it like looking through a haystack of, full of weirdos, looking for your needle in a haystack of weirdos, <laughs> you know, it's kind of what like dating apps feels like, you know, and if we feel like that, when we go into it, then that's what we're going to encounter. Right. But the women that I work with, what we do is we go back to healing the, their, the things that contributed to their belief that they are lovable, that love is abundant, that it's possible for them to have it, those kinds of beliefs. Because that's a foundation. So if someone's going online but they have a really deep belief that says love is really hard, I'm gonna have to work really hard to deserve it. Um, I'm gonna it's impossible to find love is scarce. The statistics are super important for me. If people go into it with that that in mind, those beliefs in mind, those beliefs are gonna shape their entire experience. So what we do is actually we clear out some of those limiting beliefs. And we even go back to what happened when you, what, what's your relationship like with your mom and dad? Do we need to heal something that was there? Because they're our number one and number two, who taught us what love is supposed to be like, what it's supposed to look like between a man and a woman, what marriage is supposed to be, whether we are deserving of love, how possible it is for us, all of those things. Because when we do those things, it doesn't matter whether we're meeting them in person or whether we're meeting them online. It really like, I would say very close to 90% of my clients don't actually end up meeting their person online. They meet them in one of three ways. That's not online. So the first way is that, and it's always after we do the, there, there are five steps to what I do with my clients. So the first part is always healing. Okay. And that's when we go deep into the energetic work. We clear out anything that's left behind by an ex, any heartache or pain from that relationship. And then the next thing we do is we get in very crystal clear on what it is that they're wanting to bring into their lives. Because a lot of times we're like, I don't want anybody that smokes. I don't want anybody that this. I don't want anybody that, that. It's Like, we're clear about what we don't want, but not about what we
0: do want. Before you go, how long does the process take? Because, you know, we're talking to busy women right now. And I thought so many busy women have already been in therapy before. It's like, well, oh, yeah, but go back not to and stuff. Are you kidding me? And so it's like the five years you got to deal with your childhood stuff. So tell me how long does the five-step <laughs> yes. process take?
1: Yeah, the five-step process takes between three and six months, and it's so okay. different from therapy. The thing about therapy is that we have this belief that says our intellect can solve all of our problems, especially high-achieving women have that belief. This is not an, an intellect thing. This is an energetic thing. These are specific wounds we carry in our soul forward from dam- from relationships, from times that, that are that we've been through things that have hurt us and therapy doesn't resolve all of those things. Therapy can help us get perspective about those things, but sometimes talking about the same thing over and over again actually re-traumatizes us right. <laughs> and it That's doesn't actually good. bring us to a breakthrough. 90% of the women that I work with are in happy, healthy relationships within the six months. Wow. This is why, these, these five steps are why. Okay. So the very beginning is we're doing deep healing work. The deep okay. healing work has to do with releasing us from relationships with, that we had with an ex because we can still be energetically connected and attached to an ex, It has to do with clear, with healing wounds that have been left over from traumatic things in our lives. And sometimes if we're really successful and really high achieving, we don't recognize things that happen to us as being trauma. So we need to look at those things and heal the things that are left from them. Cause we're like, I just keep it moving. I'm just, I'm still, it didn't stop me. So it must not have been that bad. That's usually what we think, but we actually do have to heal some of those things. Uh, And we also have to clear out specific limiting beliefs. And those are things like, I'm getting too old. I already had my shot. I can't have love and have the career that I want to have. I can't have them both, so I have to choose. We have, uh, or men are intimidated by me because I'm, I'm very successful. We have a lot of those kinds of beliefs that need to be cleared out. So that's all part of the energy work that we do. The second thing that we do, the second stage of it is clarity. And that's when we get really crystal clear about what a happy, healthy relationship looks like for us on every level. What does it look like in terms of how we both relate to money? What does it look like in terms of how we uh, look at family and the family we want to have? What does it look like in terms of what our spiritual beliefs are? What does it look like in terms of our physical and sexual relationship? So those are like the four areas that we look at for clarity to just get crystal clear. Clarity is what we want. This is what we want. Clarity is what we want and how it's going to feel. Okay
0: what we want. Because now. if we're
1: just going, what I want, a lot of times we'll be like, what I want is a house that costs at least $1.5 million. Okay. That's cool. But why How <laughs> right. are we going to feel in that house? <laughs> you know, like, right. is it, it's because of how you're going to feel in that house. Absolutely. You know? So we go, so we look at clarity. Then the third thing we look at is we look at what self-love in action looks like in your life. So we throw away a lot of times we throw around this self-love. We throw that around and it's like, oh, you've got to love yourself. And people get that. But what does it actually look like in your life, your life right now? Right. What does it look like on a day-to-day basis, on a week weekly basis, on a monthly basis? What does self-love look like? Because it's not just self-care. Right. Self-care is important and that's physical and all those kinds of things. But it also is things like boundaries. It's also things like, um, what am I denying myself that I really, really want to do that I'm not letting myself do for some reason? Because right. I think I'm too grown or I think I'm too busy or I think I'm too whatever you know? Right. So we go into those things because if we don't actually do those things, the energy we're putting out is, um, I don't actually even need or deserve my own love. So you don't have to send me anymore. Right. Don't worry about right. it. Right? right. And the energy, the universe always says yes. So if you go, no, don't send me anything. Cause I don't need any love. not even my own, it always just says yes. So we have to overcome that and switch that energy. Then the fourth thing that we do is actually a really deep, and this is the part that sounds really woo-woo whenever I explain it, but I actually do really deep ritual work with my clients where we're literally doing a manifesting, a co-manifesting ritual together that is bringing, helping to bring this person into their life. And that's the fourth part of what we do. The fifth part of what we do is called navigating the leap of faith. <laughs> so that's like, we did the thing. They feel different. They've seen changes all the way up to this point. And then we've done this thing. We've done this ritual work. And they're very excited because you can feel the energy shift when we do it. And it's almost like the energy of like, if you're at, if you've ever been like at the movies and you're waiting for somebody and they text you and they're like, I'm parking and you're excited that they're going right. to be there, even though you don't see them yet. It's that kind of energy. Like, I know they're coming. It's that right. energy. Right. And then between that and when the person actually comes is a period of time called the leap of faith. And that's when a lot of people get messed up and they actually start canceling out the energy that's bringing that person into them. Because they start saying things like, well, if it's never happened for me yet, it's probably not going to happen. Or they start saying things like, well, they, they either have a birthday that ends in a five or a birthday that ends in a zero. And they're like, it didn't happen by now. And this isn't what I planned for my life. So what if it's not going to happen? Should I get a bunch of cats and just right. like, you know, <laughs> settle into a different life? And so it doesn't hurt so bad when I get disappointed later. It's like, no, that's not what's happening. That's we, we stay focused and we move forward. And that's a really big part of my. My job is to hold on to them and be like, we are crossing the finish line. Don't get the cats. Right. <laughs> you know. Okay. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and also to keep them from doing the self-sabotage things that always right. come up at this time. Very no-sabotage so thing. There? Or- it's that or it's the thing of like the younger, the younger, hot, sexy guy where they go, you know, okay, there's the young, hot, sexy guy. We're not on the same page. We're not, we don't have the same goals. He can't actually keep up with my lifestyle, but he's really fun to have sex with.
0: So I don't
1: mind paying for him to go on vacation with me so that I don't have to do that alone. I don't mind, you know, paying his way through life so that he can be like my sort of in the gap partner. Right. Right. And that only works for a little while. And then they hit the wall where they're like, this isn't the person. Right. You know, so right. a lot of the times that happens in that gap. And that's ah. that's where accountability becomes a really important thing, because their self-sabotage starts to come up. So that's where that's a, one of the parts
0: that they really need that support, that they really need. My and help what, you're, in. what you're saying is, if you know, it's not your person. The self-sabotage is when you're spending your time with this person who's not your person, it's going to you can't really find your person because you don't have the space in your life. Cause you're literally in energy. You have a
1: spot in energy that is for your partner. And if you let someone else stay in that spot too long, it keeps your partner from being able to come into it. And we think, well, I got it. Well, and I've heard everything, right? Like, but I have needs. What about my needs? (laughs) And I'm like, I understand your needs, but you figure out what your needs are. Is it a need for touch? Right. Is it a need for sexual pleasure? Right. And there are ways to do those things without having that without making that person the interim partner.
0: Without having the wrong partner, without filling the void yeah. with the wrong thing. It's with like sometimes you're tired and you're like, oh, I can just have an extra cup of coffee. But it's really better to get eight hours of sleep. To get right? sleep. So get the, that's yeah. the root of the problem. It's not just to exactly right, you know, get a yeah. sugar rush or a caffeine rush. It's to give your body what it needs. And what it actually needs. What it actually needs. So you're saying, you know, you're going to get by this craving. There's ways to deal with your momentary cravings. You can get a exactly. massage. You can get a toy. There's a lot of ways You to deal can, with your momentary You
1: can life. get a massage. You can get a toy. You can have kind of like a, uh, um, uh, uh, I always hate to say this because there are so many connotations with it, but you can have a very casual sexual relationship with someone who lives very far away but you don't expect to become, you don't expect that to become a
0: relationship. So right. you go into that with different expectations, right? right. Like it's this like, is a great weekend we're going to have. And then I'm going to go exactly. back to my life and I'm going to continue my journey towards my exactly person. Right. I'm not going to try to make this thing into a relationship. I'm going to let it
1: be this delicious weekend thing that it was. And then I'm going to go back to my life. Right. So it's like, there are ways that we can we can address those things. They have cuddle buddies now. You can order cuddling <laughs> to come to your house. <laughs> True, I know. I just got a VR.
0: There's all kinds of sleep rooms and cuddle rooms.
1: That I like. Yeah, right? <laughs> so it's like it are is not- possible to do that and to navigate that time period in a healthy way that doesn't cancel out what you're trying to bring into your life. Right. You know. I understand. And, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that's what that that's the overarching Project. way that I work with my clients. Yeah. And because it's not just about attracting the person, it's about becoming the person, the version of you that can sustain that relationship once it comes into your life.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. So I love that you're really the the root is the energy, is really just changing the energy. And um because I've often said, you know, I'm very science-based. So one of uh, one of the scientific points I like to bring up is that the the chemicals that are released when a woman is sad, they actually mm-hmm. can cause erectile dysfunction. So, like if a woman is crying, so she's getting over a bad breakup and she puts on her prettiest dress and her girls take her out and her hair looks great and her makeup looks great and she looks fantastic but no guy pays attention to her at the bar. <laughs> she's actually giving off this sort of like this this chemical like, like a pheromone it's
1: like a pheromone thing, thing but from, not like in a yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, so the men get close to her and it, they just get soft. <laughs> like they're like yeah. stay away from that. And so um, it really I I agree with you, it really has a lot to do with your energy. And I always promote, as many high achieving women do, that's why it's always great to have goals because when you're on your way to achieve a goal, you have good energy, you've got the good juju. So like people are like you're like, Oh, I'm too busy. And that's normally when you'll find someone who you're because you're on now. your way doing your thing, really taking care of yourself. Um, um, so that's really, really interesting. I'd like to um, pivot the conversation, but ladies, pay attention. Three to six months, you can go through that five-step process, and I love the data that Carissa has presented. 90% of Carissa's clients have found their person and not online in their real... And and within the six months. And And within within the the six six months. months, That's the key, right? Because we know we got things to do, places to be. (laughs) Um, So I wanted to shift the conversation a little bit because um, to women of color, Black women are particularly challenged when finding, especially successful, high-achieving Black women. And Mm -hmm. I have known a number of Black women who are like, you know, if only I could mess with this guy who's not at my level, who's still living in his mama's basement, you know, but <laughs> not making, you know, is really not at their professional level or their social level, not yeah. someone who they want to bring to the office party. Um, and I, one of the challenges I think with black women is there, there seems to be a very, a really strong commitment to date black men, which is wonderful. And I think that's common with all races, all ethnic backgrounds, that people tend to try or socialize to find someone from from a shared background. I think that's very common. However, for every 100 black women of maritable age, that's 18 and over, there's actually only 80 black men alive. And that includes Mm -hmm. men who are incarcerated, who are bisexual and who are gay. And so in jest, sometimes I'm like, y'all need to date white. You need to go to a place and find <laughs> where the white men are. And You see, that's what all the commercials see. There's a black woman and a white man, because that's what our options are these days. Um, and I wanted to get your perspective. How do black women start dating outside of their race, especially if they have only dated black men? Or And is that something that you recommend to clients to look beyond their racial and ethnic background? And if so, how do they start?
1: Well, I always go with whatever a client's preference is initially, but I also look and see, okay, why do you have that particular preference? Is it because you have a particular, like a negative belief about a group of people that we might need to dive into and see like what's under that? Is it because you think that you're going to be badly traded or because you maybe think that you're not You know, sometimes we have beliefs that are really old beliefs about what we're allowed to have as Black women, and they can even be carried down through our families. So it's like we might have this belief. I remember when I first got started with what I was doing, I had this belief that was like Black women are only allowed to make so much money. And I had to clear this belief out energetically. And we have beliefs like that, too, in terms of like Black women are only allowed to be this visible or um, Black women are only allowed to date Black men or different things like that. So it's like we have to look at a lot of those things on an energetic level and go, where is this coming from a belief or is this coming from specific experiences that I've had? How can I heal those things so that when I go out, I am actually making a choice, not just being kind of driven by a compulsion that I haven't ever examined? You know what I mean? I haven't ever like looked at and thought about.
0: I agree. I think it's very common amongst black women. I'm joking like. I can't sleep with the slave master. I mean, master, master. I'm just betraying the race. If I'm a black, you know, what am I going to do? And and very often we don't see
1: that on the same side in terms of with black men, aren't going like, I have to only be with black women. (laughs) You know, they've got got over that a while. Which is a completely other podcast, too. But but still. um, But yeah, I think it's like, then it just becomes, okay, so I'm going to broaden my horizons here a little bit. So how do I do that? Which I think is kind of like gets to the heart of what you were talking about. Like, so how do I do that? And it becomes a thing of like, what am I looking for overall in a relationship? What do I want overall in a relationship? And then understanding that that's not always going to show up the way that I think or always show up in the package that I think it's going to show up in. And it's the same way with like almost anything else, right? It's like, even when we've made these leaps in our career or different things like that, we may have had a specific path we thought we were going to use to get there. And then something showed up and it was like, oh, well, this isn't how I thought it was going to be, but what an amazing opportunity. You know, And we go ahead and we do that thing. It's really the same thing in those situations with love, because it's like, We have, we should, we need to be so, so clear on what healthy, happy love will feel like for us because then when it's in front of us, the packaging won't be as important to us as how it feels when they treat us that way. And then we can get over the other things. We can, it's like women have this amazing ability that like, this is something that Alison Armstrong used to talk about all the time. And she called herself a manthropologist, (laughs) so it's like women have this really incredible ability that someone can look we can rate someone on a scale of one to ten as maybe like a five and then but then the way he treats us if we are asked to rate him later he can go up to a seven or he can go up to an eight he can go up to nine it's like we have this ability as women that that's one of our superpowers it's like you become more attractive to me the better you treat me you know the the so it's it's not even a thing of like, we have to look for a certain type. It's more a thing of like, we have to be so in tune with what it is that we want, that we can recognize it when it shows up in our lives, even if it's in a different package than we expected.
0: Boom. I love the way that you said that because- there are women who I've worked with who have been in violent relationships or abusive relationships. And in trying to recover from that trauma and embark on a healthy relationship, it's very difficult for them to recognize that him being nice to you is not a sign of weakness. That's not that he's not a man, that he doesn't, him him allowing you freedom or not being jealous when you go out with your friends, is not a sign that he doesn't care about you. That is Possessiveness
1: and jealousy are not virtues. Absolutely. And so. And, And the other part of that too, is that until we heal those things, which brings us back to energy, right? What feels like chemistry to us is really just, you have those same wounds and that feels familiar to me. Right. You have the same dysfunction I've been through and that feels familiar to me. Absolutely. And we think that that's chemistry until we've healed those things from the past. And then we get into the first like healthy relationship, which is super hard because it doesn't feel nothing feels familiar about it. <laughs> you know,
0: it's like, but what you have t- good, but it doesn't feel familiar. Right. And I think what you help clients do is really like, how do you want to feel when you're in your ideal relationship? How do you want to feel like when the phone rings how do you want to feel when you see it's his name on the phone call? How do you want to feel when you're getting dressed to go out to dinner with your boo? You know, mm-hmm. how do you want to feel when you come home? Hey, babe, did you have fun? I write that? You don't want, yeah. where you been all night? Yeah. And we even
1: go into when we're visual, when we're visualizing those things in the relationship to get those feelings to come up. We'll even go forward like two or three years and go, okay, it's a Sunday morning. You're waking up. Your head is on his chest. His arms are around you. You haven't opened your eyes yet, but you're already smiling. Oh, you know, it's like that feeling being in that feeling. Right. And we go deeper into that. Right. Because you can feel that you feel that in your body. And yes. it's like before you even wake up all the way, you're happy. You know, right. Like we have to get to that and then we kind of go backwards from that and go, okay, what are the things that would make that relationship that way? You know, what, what, not just like um, chemistry things, but foundation of compatibility,
0: Right. what is going
1: to make you feel safe and secure there?
0: And so when you help clients get into that space, so they really know how they want to feel when they're in their relationship. So what do you think happens in their life that really makes this happen for them within six months? Is it that they actually are walking around in this space of like, I know how I want to feel. I absolutely believe that this is possible. And, Um, and I know that I'm enough and that I'm deserving of this. And then uh, like magically it just happens. But I think I, what it sounds like you're saying, and I say this often, like when people have really, really great sex, you know, and they've Mm -hmm. got all the juices flowing, you know, because they have just, you know, produced dopamine, oxytocin, prolactin, all the good stuff, you know, um, so and then everyone is all of a sudden attracted to them. All their exes want to call them, right? Wherever they go. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's like, you know, another way of saying it is like, you know, that guys are attracted to. They see a woman who's got all that self-love, she's feeling good, she's on her goals, and they look at her like, mmm, let me go ruin her life. <laughs> <laughs> She looks radiant and confident. Let me me see what mess I can make over here. (laughs) Um, But is it just being in that state of being? And I know that is very intense energy work and shifting of the mindset and all of these things that have to occur to get to that. But is that what you believe, just being in that state and really having a deep connection with how they want to feel in their ideal relationship that really attracts it? It's like the law of attraction.
1: It's that, but it's also things that are happening in objective reality. So because the way that I work is that um, because of my academic background, because I have degrees in psychology, because I have degrees in counseling, I don't just go, cross your fingers and let's hope that you feel better. I'm like, no, (laughs) we're looking at (laughs) specific benchmarks. We're looking at specific things that have changed in your life. The energy techniques that I use for energy healing are things that have been scientifically researched and proven over time. You know, so it's like it's it's never just a thing of like, let's hope it worked. It's always like a thing of we look at your progress and we track it and we see that it's changing. Um, but what we see happen is actually something on an energetic level and something that happens in objective reality. So what's happening on an energetic level is that we clear out a bunch of old stuff. It frees up a bunch of mental and emotional bandwidth, because there are a lot of things that our mental and emotional bandwidth are are doing right now that it's actually just coping with keeping things from the past, from intruding too much on the future. Once those things are gone, we free that up. And now we can kind of see the world in a new way. Right. And we also do this deep work that has to do with self-love. So it's like, we're walking around now, looking at the world and being open and receptive to our good, no matter how that's gonna show up for us, which we wouldn't do before. But also we're activating the our, the uh, reticular activating system, right, which is that system of parts of our brain and our nervous system that's responsible for selective attention. So we've told ourselves, this person's gonna come into our lives And I'm going to be open and receptive to that. And that's going to be a lovely thing. And it's going to feel like this. "Mm," And we're feeling the feeling, right? (laughs) It's like we're walking in the world in this new confident energy, but we're also more uh, aware. It's like when when we have this, uh, the reticular activating system activated, it's telling us this thing is important. So notice it more. So it's like, if you buy a certain car and then you're like, oh, I see everybody has that car. That's really funny, you know. Like you notice that car, it's just like everybody has it all of a sudden, right? It's like no, it's like our our system has been activated to say that that is an important thing. So I'm going to notice it more in life, right? Mm-hmm. So very very often, what will happen is when we've done this particular you know group of things together, women will notice men in their lives who are. It's like almost like a cascading thing. So they'll be like, actually, I am getting healthy, masculine attention from different men in my life. And it might be like a platonic thing, but they'll be like, oh, that exists. Wow, There is such a thing as healthy, masculine attention. There is such a thing as men who will look out for me. There is such a thing as men who will take care of me and they're not expecting something in return. And once they see that and they experience that, that's evidence that that exists. And then they build on that. And they're like, well, if it's possible out there in the world, it's possible for me. Right, right, right. Because it's too big of a jump sometimes to just go from crickets to like it's my soulmate's right here. We don't do that, <laughs> you know, because it's like it won't work. Our subconscious mind just calls BS and just goes that that's not a real thing, you know. Um, So we have to do that incrementally with uh, in in pace with healing. Right, and then once they are out there doing, that's why they mostly don't go on dating apps. That's why so many of these women they're meeting the women that I work with they meet. Their partners in one of three ways and it's not date. It's not online dating apps. It's right. very rarely is it online dating apps. Um, I can even really only think of two of the hundreds of clients I've worked with in the last however many years wow. that actually met online.
0: Wow. You know? Wow.
1: Um, yeah. So in the, the three ways that they usually do it is that it's like, and it always happens after we get through the energy and the clarity part. Right. right. So right when they're in the middle of the self-love part, they either have someone from their past who now shows up in their life in a new way. So if you can imagine like, I had a crutch on you in high school and then we run into each other at a convention or something like that. Right. It's like, uh, or maybe, you know, um, we knew each other in a different capacity a long time ago, whatever the thing is, but then they, you run into them now and it's like, oh wow, here's this person that I hadn't thought about in a million years and I never thought of them this way. And now, your old landlord there's like right (laughs) yeah yeah, whatever yeah (laughs) it's like all of a sudden there's like a healthy attraction there and Mm that they're available so that's one thing one way the second way is it's someone that's in your everyday life now that you're not used to seeing that way at all Uh. and really often what will happen is it'll be like you go through something together that changes the way that you see each other and you're like oh You're actually a a romantic prospect. I didn't think of you that way. I thought of you as a colleague or I thought of you as whatever the thing is. Neighbor. Right. uh, (laughs) A neighbor. Yeah, whatever the thing is. The third way is that someone you know, we both know, will introduce you. So I had a client who actually uh, met her husband when her aunt was behind him at the dry cleaners and he stepped aside to let her aunt go first and her aunt thought, what a lovely young man! My a is single. i give you her phone number. I want you to give her a call. And he was like, "Okay, ma'am. You know, I sure will give her a call." And did, you wow, know? And then so they cool. got married. Wow! <laughs> Very so it's cool. like I see, I see that over and over and over again. So yeah, if you're if you want to date online, I do walk my clients through that process because there's a process where you're not. It's where you're attracting the right attention to yourself and not searching. Right. So you're, you're actually coming in with an energy that's, uh, um, you're receptive to being courted. Got it. As opposed to like, I'm on a hunt. Right. And, and so I teach clients that process, but very few clients need to use that.
0: Right. And I think I loved that analogy you just used, being receptive to being courted versus being on a hunt. And it made me think of, you know, everyone calls women over a certain age a cougar because it's like they're on a hunt. (laughs) Versus being receptive. And I, um, from a man's perspective, I imagine those are two very different energies they feel. And one they're going to be drawn to and the other they're going to be scared of. You know, so
1: well, yeah. And if you're on an app like Bumble, you know what you're doing, essentially, if you're on an app like Bumble is that you are with a whole bunch of other cougars who are circling a group of men who are waiting to be pursued. Right.
0: (laughs) I I like to call them. I'm like, wow, these men can't even they're like, look, I'm just going to wait till one picks me. I'm I'm just waiting here. (laughs) Upload my picture.
1: And And it's like those are how you begin in a relationship is how you'll continue. Mm -hmm. You know, so those women aren't gonna get to feel that like the they'll have to be in sort of like a hustling and a masculine energy in every part of their lives, even their relationship, you know, which is the one place that a lot of times we wanna be, we want someone to create a container for us that's like a safe place for us to just be soft, right? Yeah. For us to be, yeah. And to receive. And it's like, we don't want to have to make every, I've had so many clients who will say to me, I just want to get to be the girl in my relationship. And I'm like, I know what you mean. I know exactly what you mean.
0: Right. And I 100% agree with you. The way you start a relationship, um, is really important to how those roles will play out. And if you are the pursuer, it's okay. Some women don't mind being the pursuer and being the one who schedules everything, the one who organizes everything. But if you are a woman who prefers to be pursued or courted, then you want to establish that in the beginning of the relationship. You're not going to be the one, you know, um, initiating and chewing all the emotional
1: labor of the whole courting and dating process and everything. And then, yeah. And it's, and, and we do so much in the relationships anyway.
0: <laughs> it's yeah, kind of right. like, I know everyone wants to get married. That's like, the only time you really have the upper hand is before you get married. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, really? Do you really want to get married? <laughs> um, at least let's be courted while we're dating. I mean. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <Yeah>. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. This was really, really a great conversation. I'm so glad to have found you, Carissa. And I hope that a lot of the listeners will reach out because I think what you have to offer is really filling a very big and important gap, really helping high achieving women learn different skills to have a successful love life because the same skills that created their success in their professional arena and other areas of their life. It's a completely different skill set and a different mindset and a different type of energy that you want to bring to your romantic relationships, especially when you really when you want to cultivate them, you know, in a not forever time, like you don't want to meet your partner when you're 80. It's great to meet them when you're 80, but it'd also be great to meet them while you have some estrogen left. Like right you. now, yeah, <laughs> it'd right. be like, great to meet them like in the next
1: six months. Right,
0: <laughs> lubrication is still possible. Um, all of those <laughs> things. Um, thank you so much. You guys know what time it is. It is time for your climax, where we give you a little something, something to remember about how successful women can find their soulmate in six months or less. And Carissa's gonna head this off for us. Give us a couple of steps. One.
1: Your intellect, although you are brilliant, your intellect cannot solve all of your problems. So invest in healing energetically so that you can move forward with with good momentum. Otherwise, it's like you're trying to drive with the parking brake on.
0: Got
1: it. And two,
0: what else?
1: Clarity about what you actually want love to be and feel like. It's really easy to know what you don't want to have. We all know what we don't want to have. (laughs) We've had those experiences from the past, but instead of focusing on it, use it as contrast so that you can understand what you do want to have and put your focus on what you do want to have and what you want it to feel like.
0: I love that.
1: And three, and three is to remember that you don't make love happen, you make love welcome. And you do that by investing in your healing.
0: Oh, oh. <laughs> I love that. I thought that was very like special. Like investing in yourself and your healing. You are, are there. Absolutely. More? Yeah. For women who want to work with you, Carissa, tell us where can they find you?
1: They can find me online at my website. It's C-A-R-I-S-A m o n t o o t h dot com. So Carissa and they can schedule time to chat with me at
0: soullovesession.com. Soullovesession.com and Carissa montooth.com. Thank you so much. I had so much fun chatting you guys up today for your daily dose of nookie knowledge. Check me out on all the social media networks. That's D R S O N J I A on TikTok, LinkedIn, Instagram. What you waiting for, boo? You know you want to link up. (laughs) I had so much fun getting educated by Carissa today and helping all of the high-achieving women over 40 figure out the next steps in their journey to find their ultimate soulmate. And I cannot wait to do it again next time. Thank you so much for tuning into Sex in South Beach, where everyone comes for happier, healthier sex. Don't you deserve great sex? Turn on the Sex in South Beach podcast to level up your love life. Sex and South Beach, hosted by Dr. Sanjaya, America's only Ivy League-educated sexologist and medical professor at the University of Miami. Find Sex and South Beach wherever you listen to podcasts. Sex and South Beach, where everyone comes for happier, healthier sex.